Yo, what up, y'all? This is DJ Premier. You're checking out Rosenberg Radio. Yo, what's up? What's up? This your man Royce the 5'9", represent Detroit. Right now I'm with family, my family for life. My brother Peter Rosenberg. Also got Kendrick Lamar with me. Sorry, I'm just playing. I don't got Kendrick Lamar. I bet you Peter Rosenberg. Wish we had Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, shout out all my dogs, my dog Kendrick, but definitely shout out my family, Peter Rosenberg. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into this amazing interview with Prime that we did on Ebro in the Morning, DJ Premier and Royce that you're going to love, just want to give a big shout out to my man Paul from Lease Quit. Here's the deal. If you're looking, let's say you have a car, a lease right now, you're sick of it, the car's not good, you need to get out of the lease. No matter where you are, my man Paul can get you out of the lease, all right? He will get you in a new whip, he'll take care of your old whip, he'll do it all for you. He is a one-stop shop. That's Lease Quit. Here's his phone number. You could literally call him direct or text him say you got the number from me 646-388-2998 my man paul 646-388-2998 you can also go to leasequit.com or of course you can follow him on the instagram which is uh, super easy as well okay now remember there's another level by the way his instagram is fdmnpa fdmnpa now, here's the deal, all right? If you go follow him, anything you need, let's say you get into a fender bender and you need a rental car, you need someone to fix it, he'll bring you the rental car. He'll pick you up. They are a one-stop shop to make all of your car problems solved, okay? If you're in the tri-state, holler at him. If you need to get a lease anywhere in the country, holler at him. All right, without any further ado, let's get into it. Prime. Yeah, up, Prime too. What's up, y'all? I like the welcome thing out there. I got to take a picture. Don't, I hope they don't take it down before we No, no, no. It'll oh, be yeah, up there yeah, on the way yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, we have, you know, when- <laughs> Solid, uh, right? It looks when, professional. When individuals of a certain caliber come through, they get a whole graphic and a welcome sign on all the TVs out in the lobby on the walk Oh, uh, man. After Megan, I saw her walking in. She threw me off with the glasses, so. Megan Wright. Yeah, she had the cool little- the, the specs almost like what you got on. I was like, I know you. Oh yeah, we did interview. I saw Tiana Taylor too. I didn't get a chance yeah, to speak to her, but I, you just saw Tiana Taylor. I did yeah, see. They it. were leaving when I yeah. walked in. It was like a whole. Tiana Taylor is a sight to be seen. Yeah, sight to be seen. Sight to be seen. Her father, who knew headquarters real well, rest speaks to headquarters. So they go way back. Yo, Prima, I'm glad you brought that up about going way back because I know you know you guys Prime Two the album. Shout to Ant Man, obviously that you guys work with on the project. This Prime project different than the last one in that you guys incorporated more. Uh, collaborate. There's more collaborations on this than there was on that with other artists, or no? It's about the same. It's about the same. Probably just about a the just same. a mix, just different ones. Probably just different ones. Yeah. Um, and the same concept, just a different producer of uh, Primo. You guys take a musician, and instead of sampling from different bodies of work, you take one work. original body of work from a producer and exactly. sample it all from that person. Exactly. Which Primo outlined. I love that you outlined. Why did you decide to outline this on the album so people understand fully the concept? Because of the just uh, you know I've gained I think we both gained new fans that may even be younger that I'll see comments in my in my Twitter and in uh, you know IG and all that stuff and, and they'll be like yo man I'm just getting up on you but I didn't know you did so much stuff I didn't know you did this I didn't know you did that where you know it's like wow okay you know but where my generation of of course or in the thirties and forties. I expect them to already know because they grew with us when, right. when I was in my 20s and 30s. So to meet somebody just from watching comments and everybody going, man, I just checked y'all out for the first time. I, I didn't know Royce used to be down with this and this. And I'm just like, wow. And sometimes you're kind of looking at it with a strange face, but you got to realize hip hop has grown so far that now you have 50 to 60-year-old fans and then you have 
teenagers like when we were teenagers. I was 19 when I joined Gangstar. And I, and, I, and I wanted to bring that up because you obviously have sampled and use a lot of different samples, but you've had a signature sound. Right. Right. As a producer, there is a sound um, in refining that sound. Can you talk about back in the day? You know, I mean, obviously you came out of the time you had the Diamond D's of the world. You had the uh, um, showbiz, showbiz. large professor, everybody <laughs> keep going. Right. Q-tip, yeah. yeah. Q-tip, Q-tip. Yeah. Yeah. Have um, it. Wild Havoc. Yeah. Yeah. But but talk about how you define the primo sound. Like what, what 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 at that time it was never about sound like someone else. That was yeah. out of the question. But you made sure to define that sound. Um, Molly Maul was my influence when it came to that. Uh, same thing with Rick Rubin, uh, Larry Smith. You know, Larry Smith was known for doing all the Houdini records and early Run DMC records. And there's just a sound where it's like I know Larry did that one. I know Larry did that one. You hear Molly records with Road to the Riches and. Uh, you know, the biz is going off, make the music with your mouth, uh, raw from Kane, just everything had a Molly, his delays, his echoes, everything just was like, even if you didn't know yet, but from seeing the record, especially when there was not a lot of albums yet, it was like, I know Molly did that. Even the scratch and the kind of offbeat scratch, so I wanted to have that same, like, uh, known, uh, like, Primo did that. Which a lot of people that I'll even see sometimes, like, man, I can always tell when it's you. You know, either your scratches or just the way it sounds, I can tell it's you. And that, that that's what has I that, Has that helped your longevity? Is that one of the things that have contributed? I think so because the fans that have been fans from day one are still like, what else you got coming? They're not like, man, you got to change your shit up. Oh, pardon my life. You're good. It, it's okay. it happened. It's good. We'll man, you got to change your, your stuff up. <laughs> well, Talk the, about, the, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Laura. Talk about working with like the newer artists, like the Fergs and the Davies, like at, compared to all the legends that you work with before, like their new sound now and how right. they deliver projects. It, well, with Ferg, he told me, please don't do plain Jane, don't do uh, I- I- anything like uh, like what I've done. He said, don't do shopper ranks. He said, I want a primo, you know, style that's uh, how you already do it. And I was like, well, I was going to do that anyway. <laughs> but I, I like that that's what he wanted to approach off rip when we just just uh, decided to work on a song. The one that we put out was just, we would just experiment to see if we could come up with something. It wasn't a set thing like, hey, we're going to do this for Payday Records and relaunch the label. Um, I, when when uh, Patrick Moxie, who was my gangstar manager from day one, uh, all the way up until our last album in 2003, before he got into the uh, dance music world and started uh, 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 Ultra Records, which is huge now, even yeah. with the Ultra Festivals, he he that's not even his. But being that they use the name, he gets a taste of that too. So, and those are huge. So, huge. He, he saw me in France. I was on tour with one of my artists, Tory Wolf, and he said, "Hey, man, I want to relaunch the label. How would you feel about doing four songs, four singles, just to help get it rolling, like we did with Jay with the Damager and uh, and OC and Group Home and and Big Shug and Dub, Dub C and just Jay Z, everything that came through Payday." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm down." So he said, "What do you got?" And I said, "Well, I got this Ferg record." And he was like, "Well, let me maybe we need somebody a little more of your generation." I was like, "Nah, the Ferg record fits." Payday, if you're going to relaunch it now, you should take a listen to it. As soon as he heard it, it was like, yeah, this sounds like what Payday would have done. So, Royce, it's interesting because you're known for your collaborations originally. A lot of people, myself probably included, would argue that your collaborations with Premier in, the early, in your early career are at 
maybe among Primo's best outside gangstar work he ever did, right? Like, Boom is iconic. And and you've toured the world with Boom. You've talked about that a lot with me. But you also, you guys seem to tap into something different. That's what I like about the Prime albums. You, I could tell it's premiere, but, like, I don't know if I would have t- been able to tell Era off top without the scratches. I don't know if I'd know that. Like, so it seems as if you guys Rock are- it, too. Rocket, yeah. Rocket is definitely a record where I'm like, okay, this is, and I think it's obviously because it's Ant Man, right? You're sampling something. Yeah, I think it's a mix though of, of what you guys bring out of each other on this project. It feels like while you could tell it's premiere, there's something unique about it being prime. Is that like a is that an intention to be like, I don't want this to just be a collection of us doing boom and hip hop. I right. want to do, we want to make prime records that exactly. mean something. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's all in how you start the fight, right? Like when we had the initial conversations to do it, it was basically me twisting his arm. Like, yo, let's do this because it's something different. He wasn't really into the idea of pulling everything from one composer. You know what I mean? So when we decided to do that, we automatically started to fight out with doing something completely different, which would bring something completely different out of me. Um, like you mentioned the era joint, it's like we sat there and he was going through sounds and I was sitting there and I was like, oh, what's that? Like you ever thought about just taking a noise like that and maybe just looping that because everything we have so far is so musical, this would be something, a good way to scale it back. So when he started taking that noise and he started spinning it back going, you know what I mean? And it was like, whoa. Yeah. And then he added the rocket in the pocket snare. It was like, holy Jesus. You know what I mean? So that 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 sparked the era idea because I felt like the rocket in the pocket snare, that noise that he was looping kind of reminded me of bees in the trap. And I felt like he was it blending does sound like bees eras in the trap. together. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was like, this dude is blending eras together right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's that. Emmett said he was kind of doing a Millie. Emmett said he was doing like a, a, a <clears throat> Millie sort of a, an approach in a way so and like you said bees in the trap it's reminiscent of that too so royce do you remember do you know have you memorized black history have i memorized it yet yeah (laughs) uh no you don't know it yet so would would you need me to like would i need to point out some of the lyrics to you or could you like can you get us started on it yeah i can get i can get you started can we take can we go through some i've been nudging them to to, to learn that one because (laughs) with my band the batter band shout to them when we open up our, our opening is black history and uh, right before I, I played the acapella with the band, I said, I was born, and I throw the acapella 1966, March 21st, so I know it because that's our opening every night. Right, right, perform. right. So I have it down. So when I was like, hey, man, we're going to perform Black History, he's like, man, I got to still learn it. And I'm like. This one, <laughs> there's some, this is the one I hit you. When I was at the gym last week listening, I texted you, and I was like, yo, I can't get past the references on here. I hit Hannibal Burris yesterday about something. I said, what do you think of the Prime album? He said, to be fair, I haven't really given it a full listen because I can't get past Black History. Wow. <laughs> so um, take us through some of the lyrics on, on Black History. Okay, if you tell me. I'll tell you. I can tell you exactly. 1966, March 21st, how it starts. I mean, well, you know where I'm going with that. I'm talking about the birth of two phenoms. March, March, yeah, and July 66 and July 17 uh, marks the birth. So I'm just naming both of their birthdays, because at this point, at this point in the song, I've already talked about. I took you back to the beginning from when I was born, and I basically gave you a whole story about something that happened in the hospital when I was born. And my first experience with big business was when I was born. My dad having a lapse in his insurance, and at the very beginning they're saying, we need to keep him. We need to keep him and and run some tests on him. And as soon as they found out that there was a lapse in in his insurance, okay, we're gonna release him. You know what I mean? And that's the exact same thing that happened 
when I signed the Tommy Boy. It was like they gave me a million dollar deal. They basically threw the whole building at me and as soon as I turned in something that they didn't feel was good enough, they released me. You know what I mean, so I just I, I found out that I, I felt that that was a little bit crazy. So by the time I got to going back to the beginning of a uh, gangstar individually with Prem and Guru, I just felt like that that was an ill dichotomy, like how our our paths crossed. You know, I came from here. They came from there and our paths crossed and we were able to make this music. And you, you, you so you start out talking about the beginning of gangstar um, and I, lo- I love the line early on when you say, this is for the real Gangstar fans, not the ones who call us P-Rhyme. Um, <laughs> a lot of people call us that. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure people don't mean anything by it. They read it, they're like, oh, they're capitalized. It must be P-Rhyme. There's no dash, though. But anyways, um, you go- I did that intro. And then you go um, you go on and you tell, you tell the Gangstar story. And here's where you get into the references. You say, in that shit birth, group home, Freddie Fox, inspired shit like Jay-Z, Nas, Big, mm-hmm. I'm just coming clean like the J. Russo. I'm just co- exactly. Yo, do you remember from this point? You, you, in raps. order to be able to say it, no. no. Yeah, Primo does. Primo, you go ahead. Your MTV raps. Uh, Rock him in the back. Fat Five Freddy with the big hat and uh, Tupac with his boots from Juice on. And then you go through and you shout out like so. You shout out Showbiz, AG, um, Fat Joe, OC. Um, what was like? Lord Finesse. Lord Finesse. And then you get jump up to. Kendrick and and to, so tell us conceptually calling a song Black History but making it really you started with Gangstar and then get into all this hip hop shit yeah I what mean, was what, the thought process what I was thinking was the way that all of these legends and people who provided so much for the culture benefited off of him just coming to New York like he's one of the architects of what a lot of people would call the golden era in hip hop. And um, if you listen to all of the names that I'm naming and you think about everybody that made classic material off of this sound, you think about it like, yeah, that is the golden era. You know, by the time I went and I referenced Kendrick and guys like that, that was more so me talking about guys who are really bringing it today. Um, They're living in their own golden era right now. So I, I, I felt like it was relative to name them too and not just make it so far back in the black history. You know, like people didn't stop being nice with me, Slaughterhouse, Group Home. You know what I mean? Like Pac, those guys are nice too. You know what I mean? So I just decided to name a few current guys too. Primo, do you think of yourself in that way as like, because you're still active and you've always been active, but you're a real historian. Like you are someone, like like it was funny at the beginning of the interview, the way you referenced Tiana Taylor's dad. Like you, you're very, it is, I would say of all the things about you that I know, referencing history and giving props to those who did things and have passed is very important to you. You always rep it so hard. Do you think of, is it weird to think of yourself as a pioneer and an architect of what this whole thing is? It was in the early years of just finally getting accepted by everybody that we wanted to like us. You know, me and Guru were just like, I remember when I when I met Guru, uh, he was with Craig G, and I was like, wow, you were a member of the Juice Crew. Like, that was a big deal. He said, he said you want to meet him? I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like Craig G, and that's not to put him at a lower level of a Kane and, and a Shan and everybody else. It was like, you're a member of the Juice Crew. This is before the symphony, you know, and, and 
I, that that was a big deal to me. And then we, uh, when I signed the Wild Pitch, Stu Fine was like, "Yo, we're going to the New Music Seminar," and a Lord Finesse came with us because he was getting signed because Guru played me his demo tape. And was like, "Yo, I think Stu should sign this guy." Lord Finesse listened to his demo. And I just told Finesse I just found his demo cassette that Stu gave us. I started cassettes back, and I found I, I got my demo that got me signed and Lord Finesse. Cause wow! Like, I need my tape back, so I got to give it to him. I got to take a picture of it first. So, but uh. Yeah, so with all of that, seeing Chuck D and Ice T with Darlene, you know, we were all uh, hot for, for Ice T's wife, and not in a bad way. It was, I think he even knows and knows that. Shout, shout, that was the Ice, point. Man. That was the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, uh, Ice is amazing, man. That's the dude. But um, uh, just seeing all of them in, in, in the flesh, you know, uh, and and um, ultra magnetic MCs, MC Light, um, Latifah, and all of them were more of a. We all ran, kind of ran together at that time. Latifah, Special Ed, so they weren't like, oh man, that there they go because we. It, Q-tip, same thing. We all came up in that same. But as great as so many of the greats were, and I know you would never say this because this is not who you are, as great as so many greats are, like I just got to say this to you while you're here, mm. in a lot of ways, like you're the greatest. You're in the highest rung right. because like that. Was, that's what you allude to on the song. Mm. All this other stuff might not be possible. I mean, there's so many generations that you've influenced. Right. Do you fully accept that? Because even then, you went back to being humble and be like, I was just able to be one of them. But I'm like, no, you, yeah. this culture, a lot of it is on your back. Yeah, I mean, I get that from my pops because <clears throat> where I'm from in Texas, the town actually prayed. Yeah, I saw, the, I saw the fresh hoodie, the yeah. fresh prayer view A&M yeah, hoodie. Yeah, I was looking for something to match the hat. So, and I forgot <laughs> I had this when I went home uh, for the holidays. But uh, everybody in my town knows my father well, like everybody. It's not just he's known just to certain people. And he was my dean in college so Oof. and i was doing all the wrong things and of, of course every teacher was telling my father hey your son's not coming to class you know i was running running around with the boys and stuff breaking in the cars doing stupid stuff you know so that that was my that was my whole thing but it's still Hey, my father was always getting awards for this that this and this and this and this he's always getting all these different awards so he, he and he's always stressed me about history you know so I feel like I'm just another gen. I'm a different generation than him through through the music field. When he was uh, more, into, he's a biologist, and uh, and he was the dean of arts and sciences. So I was studying computers. So I had to go through him, and uh, I feel like I'm going in the same path, just in the entertainment industry instead of uh, you know the education. It's still education, but um, he's a real humble dude. My pops, very humble. You know, the, the, all he likes to do is play cards with with his with his people in the neighborhood. I was saying, you know, Travis Scott's, uh, I, I did an interview recently with, uh, you know, Elliot Wilson where I said Travis Scott's dad was, taught me bass and drums. I used to play with, with, with his father, Jack, and his uncle, Travis, which is where he took the name Travis. From. Wow, I did not know that. And That's funny. And his grandfather, uh, Wayman Webster, who just passed away uh, a couple of years ago, it, it plays cards with my dad. So. Yo, you know how bug that is when you think about it? Because yeah. Travis is maybe, I believe Travis is currently the biggest musical influence big in hip-hop. And, he, you know, he wasn't born back in that. Back right, right, right. But to think that at that table... Well, there was so much future of, of music right yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, me and his dad, they taught me everything. They taught me everything with, with how to drum and play bass and play pool because they, they were one of the only people in the neighborhood with a pool table. And they, and, I, and they were the first ones that we ever saw with a VCR in, in our neighborhood. I was like, Daddy, we can't get a VCR. He goes, you don't need one because you won't study. Because <laughs> they used to have all the Soul Train episodes. So I used to go over there and be like, Miss Webster, can we watch Soul Train? She's like, go on, baby, put it on. You know, so that was always, we're going to the Webster's house. 
Hey, <laughs> when I go home for Christmas, as soon as we eat dinner, I go right to the Webster's house. Wow. I miss Travis Scott literally by minutes because I went over there a little late, and then, uh, you know, they're, they're always over at the house. You Do know, you so. guys, you guys have, you and Travis have a, a relationship? You guys talk music? We're cool. We don't really talk about music because it's more just hang out, eat, and just talk a lot of mess, you know, so. And again, he was so young, you know, during the era, and I came up with his dad. His dad had, had was the first one with the motorcycles in our neighborhood. I got, you know, because of him, I learned how to ride. That's so dope. You know, yeah, I was, <laughs> all my mini bikes and all that stuff was because of, because of his father. Now, um, it, when you're living in a moment and you're making history, it is hard, you know, to know what kind of your impact is, right? But, Royce, you and I talked a lot about a lot of the young young rappers and just hip-hop happening right now. And uh, you you um, take issue with the whole generational conflict like you don't yeah. you don't like it you don't like the fact that you have this older generation shitting on a younger generation etc etc even though you're not saying that there's not some whack shit out but there's always been whack shit out yeah i think it's just a better way to do it you know like you got to realize that when you do that you kind of like speaking for all of us when you do that you know and you're making it to where the younger generation won't listen to us and it's like the only way the hip-hop business, the record business itself is not set up to give you information. You know, you come in, you don't know anything, you don't know anything about the, the record deal itself, you don't know nothing about the, the attorney you publishing, you don't know nothing about anything. So it's like, you're going to come in, you're going to make mistakes, especially if you're some young little kid. So a lot of the OGs that's in the business that got a little bit of longevity and got somewhat of a legacy to stand on, we go through these things so we can learn, so we can teach it to the youth. Like it's not free. Like everything that we've accumulated, all of this success is not free. It's not information for us to hoard. It's not meant for us to hoard. It's for us to share it. So how can we share it if nobody is willing to listen, if everybody's trying to compete with us? It's not us against them. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's just not. Well, and also you end up um, you end up taking almost money out of your own pocket because you draw a line in the sand that says like the old and the new aren't together. You're pushing away a new fan base who's gonna come around to appreciating your shit at some point. Like I just think there's more of a connection potentially between audiences than than people realize. And when you decide to put yourself on the other side of it and shit on all of it. Yeah, you're and separating yourself from the culture. Exactly, from, and it goes both ways. And I feel the same way about the younger generation. Yep, because you know I mean? you're going to end up, you're going to grow up yeah, too. Yeah, it's like I don't know what everybody got against growing up. You know what I mean? Like it's like everybody. It shouldn't be slander to say, "Oh, you're old, you're old." What you mean I'm old? I'm happy to I'm happy to be old. I made it. I'm I wasn't supposed here. to. I wasn't supposed to be here, bro. I'm an alcoholic. I'm supposed to be dead. I'm not. Not only am I not supposed to be in the record industry, I'm not supposed to be alive. And still doing what I want to do. Yeah, still, you think you I know, care? Focusing you know on mean? my and career. A lot of these dudes is like, oh, look at them. He just look old. He just low, and they look terrible. It's like it should be a rule. You shouldn't be able to slander me if I look better than you. You shouldn't be 20 years old looking 50, looking crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's nobody yeah. around you I to tell you yeah, you're looking I shouldn't crazy. Be 50, I'm 52. And yeah, I look like, better than some 18 year olds. It's crazy. Too many it's just like any anything that you get involved in, you want to at least know where you came from. You don't have to be this, this student of the sport historian, but you at least want to know where you came from. 
Otherwise, you're going to have no idea where you're going. You know what's so interesting? I'm sorry, bro. I was just going to say someone that's also just culturally American, right? There are things that we do in hip-hop that are really just reflections of the society that we're in because America even doesn't, you think about the, the things that we appreciate, right? It's always about new. It's mm. always about something new. The new this, the new that, the new actor, the new this. The, it's but always we, but about we're something worse than hip-hop because in rock and roll, they haven't done that. Right. You know, like the the the... the Hip hop acts, legacy acts, should be treated. Up when Consequence was up here, and we we're talking about the Tribe merch, and he was saying how he got some flack on it. And I'm like, what? Tribe should sell merch forever. The way these other yeah, rock bands sell Gangstar. merch. For, that yo, Gangstar, no, you we're, should. We're doing very well. That know? that should go on forever. People should yeah. wear that Gangstar logo forever. Yeah. And I think yeah. for so long we've set it up where it's like old is uncool. And and to your point, Royce, and what I was trying to say is like when the OGs cre help create that separation. You're alienating, we're alienating each other. Like there's just really mm -hmm. no need for it. And so a lot of times, it was really interesting. So that Lil Xan conversation happened. He came up mm -hmm. here, right? And th there's a, this is the order of things that I watched happen with that. He came he came up here, we did a good interview with him, right? Ebro, nice guy, man. Nice guy, Ebro's yeah, pretty tough on him. Day. He handled it really well. He understood what he was walking into. He dealt with it, we walked out on the way out. He was like, yo, me and my pops, man, we, we've been watching your interviews for a long time. He's like, you know, I grew up listening to Big L. I was like, oh, you should go up to 139th and Lennox and, and, and check it out up there. And he was like talking to his manager about it. His manager, Stat Quo. Okay, the rapper Lil Stat Quo. Yes. yes. Wow. Okay. So Stat Quo is Lil Zan's manager, and Lil Zan don't know you're not supposed to say that. Well, uh, he knows. Me and Stat Quo have talked yeah, about that. Like, it's like, cause my how I took it was, oh, he don't know. He don't know that you can't say that. So yeah. So there's, so there's a couple things. Um, oh, the oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, my bad, Royce. Yeah. Don't hold the bomb. So um, <clears throat> so a few things. One is. I think that conversation, I'm not trying to defend him. You you have to be very mindful with how you discuss Tupac, and that's a lesson you have to learn, and big, of course. But he was having a conversation, I think, that ended up being more about how he appreciates, um, he's more into Big L and Biggie than he is Tupac. Interviews get cut down, they come out quickly. It sounds horrible. It was a terrible quote. Mm -hmm. But it, it ended up leading to this conversation because I posted the picture with Zan, and when I saw the comments, this is even before the Tupac thing. He has not said the Tupac thing yet, okay? This is just because of his name, the tattoos, etc. I hadn't even really listened to his music. <laughs> I just liked that he told me he fucked with Big L, right? <laughs> right. That's all. I, I'm like, yo, you respect the old shit. That's great. So we post the picture. People start going ham, and I basically post a reply. That was intentionally trolly. That was basically like, I'm tired of older heads saying fuck all the young shit. Yeah. Like listen to it on a case by case basis. Some of it's trash. Some of it's really, really good. And one of the things I enjoy about what you do, Royce, is you reference old shit and new shit. Mm -hmm. Like you rep you reference XXX on the record and you, you, you're you aware of it and you participate still. So many people, Primo, you too, you're 52. You're still deeply into all of it, looking for new artists. So many cats talk shit. They have it, as I said on Twitter, they haven't bought a fucking album since the Black Album. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Well, do they that. also there also is this component. Like, if you were to ask Preem when you and uh, Guru got together as Gangstar, how many people in the generation before you second guessed you or didn't oh, yeah, accept you? Of course. Or if you were to ask Royce, right? It happened when you came in the game, spinning your bars, and how many people from the generation before you? It's part of it. Right, it's so, going on. It's yeah. like you got to pay it forward, but it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Well, in some ways it is bullshit. In other ways, there is a rites of passage in cultures and in all things. You join a football team. You the you the, you the rookie. 
There's a rites of passage, right? There's rites of passage mm-hmm. in everything. Well, yeah, you want people to want to fight for it, but you don't want to make them fight for it to the point that they they, they leave. Well, yes. Yeah, I just mean, don't, but just yes, don't, do, don't do the gatekeeper thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't be the gatekeeper, man. Like, the guys who are, like, really super established and really could, could flex that muscle, they don't do it. No, they don't. They I mean, don't. never acts like a gatekeeper. Right, you can't get in. Yeah, you can't. This is, you're in our house. You're only allowed but to there talk is, about but this. But I do yeah. believe that if... It's not good. I think hip hop should be, or whoever. If this one likes it, you like it, and you don't like it. I'm from a time where it was okay to say, nah, 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 you biting this. This is a fake. This is a knockoff. You're biting this guy. This is this is the real thing. This is the fake thing. Today, you're a hater if you point that out. Or if you go, yo, you tell you just doing Travis Scott, B. Like Travis, that was Travis Scott's thing. Now you doing it. Right, because it is way more. It is way that. more acceptable to just take on someone's whole style, right? Yeah. Or the little thing. I think there's a too many lows. Somebody should go. All right, new name time. <laughs> Can we not just be this? But in that defense, it's always been a whole bunch of littles. Always, always. in the in the in the hoods. Always, he, always yeah. in the projects. It's a name. Always, always. yeah. It's like some some of those names these kids just had from their moms, aunties. But thought was all. But that's true. But yes, and thought was also always put into what you were gonna do when you went out to create, right? Yeah. And created and create music because that's part of the things I give a hard pe- people a hard time on. If I look at your brand and your brand looks like it don't care about the music, you just care about getting money and doing whatever. I'm not gonna be as into it. I'm a, I'm not gonna give you the same list that I'm going to give a guy who's really trying to create art and music and something that's meaningful to music and push culture forward. I'm just, that's how I am. Yeah, I mean, but if you if you come out and you come out and you wear that and you don't look to be accepted as some deep about the art artist, that's cool too. Like if you actually wear what you are, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. It's, it's the guys that want it all. You don't write what you want to be like the top the top 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 lyricist you know what i'm saying like you don't you're not a rapper you're a drug dealer but then when it comes time to being a rapper you want to be accepted as nice you want to be in the conversation you know what I mean? like it's like come on man like pick one that's yeah. all that's yeah, all and that happened in, even in our era too you know i mean even mop said it, gangsters want to be rappers rappers well, yeah, yep. be gangsters you know it, it, it turned into that and then you started seeing athletes starting to act more like like the like their gangsters it's like yo Play, stay playing your sport. Man. <laughs> you made it. Why you want to be a gangster? Yeah, exactly. it's you just it, it's it's a it's a conversation I I both enjoy and I'm just like so perpetually annoyed by it. Now, Royce, a lot of people tweeted me. I remember when your mixtape came out and you mentioned my name. A lot of people tweeted me, thinking like they don't know our relationship or anything. They're like, oh, Royce got at you. I want to find me a girl who loves me the way Peter Rosenberg loves Kendrick Lamar. And I mean, that's that's relationship goals. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's everybody's relationship. <laughs> <laughs> now, how much how much of a shot is that? Is that just because it's funny because you know that I've been such a proponent of Kendrick Lamar? Mm. Or do you think there's anything actually not good about as the, the, the amount that I've championed Kendrick? No, I mean, I think it's cool. You got your opinion. I think it's good that you're vocal about it. Um, I'm glad somebody seems to really love something. You know what I mean? But um, I just noticed over the years that you really, really, really love Kendrick Lamar a lot. <laughs> so one, one day, I, was, I think I may have just looked at something where you said that, and it sparked that line at that time. That's just kind of the, like, the kind of lyricist that I am. Like, if something gives me an idea real oh, quick. Oh, I can sense it when, when something. Yeah, I just lay it right down. Right, right while I'm feeling it, I lay it right down, especially if we laugh on the spot right there. 
Because in my mind, okay, that's exactly how it's going to resonate with So you said that nigga. probably out loud. You're like, man, I wish I could find me a girl love me that way. Brother for Gloves, Kendrick Lamar. I probably did. Yeah, I'm going to say this for the first time in an interview, and I don't know if people go deep enough to pay attention to this, but what I think is lost in the, not by you, but I think what's lost by the general public who gives me a hard time, and like even like Lupe's killed me for my love of, of Kendrick and things like that. You know, he came with no hugger. Yeah, he called, Lupe, he's the original person Lupe who called me. I, I, gave, I gave him a hard time for Sam, uh, putting tweet and primo spelling wrong. Oh, oh crush yeah. me. Cru- well, hold on, we get to you crushing me. In a sec. I was hard. I, I was upset, Primo. He had me in the house of my feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the house. You came to work. Yeah. I, came to, I, was like, I was like, guys, Yo, Primo, Primo crushed me, man. Damn, man. I thought we was cool. He is a true head of, of underground hip hop and really knows it. So even when he came, just came to New York and started doing the underground show, I was like, wow, it's dope that I know it was late in the night, but it was something we tuned into because we know he's gonna pick some some raw some raw gems that people ain't up on yet. So I was like, well, I, if anybody's going to always know correct spelling, <laughs> he's going to know. So what ha- let me explain what happens. What happens is he's hanging around Laura Stout. She's Spanish. So <laughs> she, primo, she says primo. I, she means like primo. Exactly. But I, I know Spanish. So, and I've seen Laura at another. No, he just yeah, yeah, he just yeah, got yeah, confused. Yeah. He thought he was writing <laughs> no, in Spanish. No, it's a, it's it's. I actually, if pre- if I thought about it, I could have pictured the shirts. They say primo. But for some reason. And I had given them some merch. Yeah, I had the merch. No, I know. It's just like it's worth it. Yo, I was trying to just cover for you right no, now. I don't listen. Done, I, I was done. sad. I was like, damn, yeah, Primo. Like, damn, I even posted you wearing. Yo, he my was tight too. I could tell. I was like, damn, don't fuck up Primo's name. Note to self. Listen, Primo. Primo checked me a few times. Primo said something. I go, all right. Note to self. Won't happen again. <laughs> I um, grab my phone. The text is already in already. I, I haven't had the phone on like two days, and I'll turn on this top one is is, is Rosenberg. Yeah, he was like, uh, he was like, um, but uh, like, you should know better. You should know. But no, better. but I think this is important to say is that I haven't really said this before but this is the truth like i love kendrick right Mm -hmm. but i'm 38 man kendrick's my dude i consider him sort of a peer someone i've watched come up Mm -hmm. we've 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 done things together he's given me records for mixtape like we're Mm -hmm. we're cool it's i'm not i'm not the way i am about kendrick the way i am about gangstar there is more principle to it than people understand. Championing Kendrick Lamar represented something else. Like I've always told people, when I, the first six years I did Real Late before Kendrick, or five years, I was waiting for someone like him. Like who is someone who can be incredible and pop off and be you say, good? You say he was the greatest rapper of all time. The best. I said he was the best rapper of all time. What's the difference? Greatest to me entails more. There's a... Um, there's a there's more intangibles, right? Like I think Hov's the greatest. Yeah, because I was gonna say you like Kendrick the way I like Jay Z. About to say, and I was about to say to you, yo, you really fucking like Jay Z, bro. Because on this album, I do to be so accomplished, <laughs> yo, you're straight fanning on this album. How I, much I, you talk? I, yeah. So talk about that. What is it you besides the obvious? What is it you love about Hov so much? I just love Hov, man. I mean, he's probably the best. You know what, man? Like I started out rapping really, really like complex. Really, I use a lot of big words. And he was the one, he he was the master of the dumb down. Like I followed him from when he was doing a lot of flipping and then when he just decided to put everything right in front of you, all of his lines right in front of your face and he used the least amount of words in every line and he was able to get to his punch lines really easy and made it just look and feel real easy. You know what I mean? Like he was the first one to do that. And then it was just like, I just always thought he was cool. You know, just growing up, I always thought he was cool. And I just started, he he went 10 straight summers doing this and he just made it look so easy. So I just got him, I got him up on the pedestal. So when I look at the way you like Kendrick and I'm thinking to myself like, damn, Kendrick not even as good as he's going to be. 
Yeah, we don't even know yet. Well, at least Hove is already in the He's comfortable there. Hove's spot. there. Hove's there. <laughs> nah, for me, Kendrick it was, is still a baby. He's going to get way greater than he is now. 30? Kendrick's 30. 30. Kendrick is going to wow. get so much better than he is now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, so he's going to look better. back and be like, damn, I was doing too much on some of these records. I don't, I even, know, I don't even know if it's time to start putting the cap on him. Like, no. I don't know if it's t- time to start saying Kendrick is the greatest of this. It's like, you might as well just wait. No, and by the way, I think J. Cole's just getting to his best. I, yeah. thought, on la- I thought Cole's yeah. last album was Fire. his best piece of work. Kendrick, Fire. Cole, Sean, like that whole generation, I think we need to just wait. We need to wait and see how good they're going to get and, so we can finally and just also, say, all right. And on that wait, on the wait, right, um, we talk about it a lot, how now, you know, you don't have the development of artists and the whole, like, get signed, work in the studio for a year, work, hone your craft, create. Now it's made song, upload, mm-hmm. blows up, boom, I'm here. I just, I just decided to put this up because me and my friends was joking. And now... <laughs> I just wanted to get some girls, but now I'm on. Yeah. Like, and so we're watching these kids who aren't good yet. Some, some are great, right? But we're watching them get better or hone their craft or find their find out who they are or find out their sound in front of us. There's no barrier to entry like they used to be. And that's what you see Kendrick and Cole do. They actually are so into their art, which is the most important part in their integrity, that they are really locking in to what, what, you know, it's, it's almost like they already know what to do next. You know, there's a lot of artists that don't know what to do next. Well, and, and Primo, what's what's the name of your guys' first, first wild pitch single again? Uh, Words I Manifest. That was the first, first one? There before, was one? Well, when I joined the group, the, the first one before that was The Lesson. The Lesson, yeah, right. in 86, but I wasn't in the group yet. Okay, that's the one that you see and you have no idea what it is. Like, my point being, by the time Gangstar got to the place where people really checked for him, they were pretty far along in the process already. We're mm-hmm. catching these cats so early, Ebro, just like you said. How do you know? There are names that people have checked out on, right? They heard the name, they heard and I'm not talking I'm not vouching for their personal character, right? But like XXX, Kodak, there are these kids who are super I'm not super duper talented mm-hmm. and when you check out Savage on, in there too? Tw- yeah, t- and you people are checking out on them right away just writing it all mm-hmm. off as silly and I'm like are you really a hip hop fan mm-hmm. or were you just a fan of the hip hop you liked Right, because I think I think I, I love the people who stay. Kodak in it just forever. got my attention. I've, I've seen him, but I just heard a couple of records. I was like, okay, boom, this this is sound, starting to sound like something. Oh no, he's I haven't listened like, to XX's like, new album. I always like Kodak's flow. I always like this flow. And it took you a while for like a little Uzi Vert. Uzi Vert, I was I, I I knew he could rap, and he had that song. The album though, he delivered a great album. And then I was like, okay, but this remember is remember how generationally different this is. These are like from our where we grew up, this is like grandchildren level generation. Mm-hmm. Mac Miller's already been in the, that Mac Miller Primo record was like seven years ago. Mac Miller's fully a developed in the adult range of artists. These are the children of that, this is the children of the Tyler generation. Yeah, these are my great, great yeah, grandkids. This is so, yeah. it takes some time. You gotta put in some work to listen to. Everyone expects it to affect them the way the first time they heard Code of the Streets. Mm. But it, it's just changed. Well, that's the one thing that I'm so blessed that when this whole internet world came and that's really where the money is generated towards uh your your growth and success now uh i'm glad my fan base was already built you know a lot of these artists that are coming out now have to build one 
to get everybody to start supporting them and buying their music and their singles going platinum and triple platinum now and their albums aren't. Right, but, but the singles, singles are. are. But, but, but guess what's going to happen too? And another thing about the hate, guess what's going to happen when the Lil Xan fans who are currently 16 or 24. And, and he's their foray into hip hop. And then they get to be 25 and go, who the fuck is Prime? <laughs> Well, guess what? Who's run the jewels? Who was Gangstar? Mm. Let me let me start streaming this shit. It's letting bringing more people in. Well, you know, is a good it, thing. it's not talked about a lot, but like sixty percent of streaming revenue is catalog. Absolutely, absolutely. You mean Most, classic older material? Catalog. And catalog is defined. Catalog's I mean, it's a loose it's a loose definition. I think it's like anything a year old is considered catalog, but it's yeah. still catalog mm -hmm. that's where a majority of the streaming companies make a lot of their money yeah. that's why it's a good thing to go in and make albums make good albums absolutely it's still it's still you still got to do it a lot of people feel like i don't need mm -hmm. to make albums a lot of people feel like i don't need to go in and make a classic album everything is about streaming what yeah. he just said 60 percent uh, of it is yeah. catalog recipe you're not to gonna Prince. you're not gonna have a catalog album if you don't go in and make it at least somewhere close to a classic yeah yeah that's what i loved about before prince died when he came up to uh, present the award. I don't know if it wasn't the Grammy. It, it, I don't know if those was the Grammys, but you know, it, when he came on stage and he said albums, he goes, "Remember those?" And, and it's mm -hmm. like because it was about getting that album. It, it, the single thing was cool, um, but it was about with that album. Well, I think for the audience to understand, it's the difference between uh, somebody who just you know uh, scrolls past, past your page or scrolls on their timeline, but never goes on your page and sees what you're about. Like when somebody is willing to go layers deep into understanding you and buy a ticket and buy a tea and and study you, they're with you now. Yeah. So when you're talking about business, you're talking about a level of engagement, right? Versus somebody who just oh I, I, yeah I heard that one song. What's the name? I like the song, but I don't know your name, right? right. It's different than, oh, no, this album, this song, when I was this, when I was driving, when I was hanging out with my people, we listened to the bomb, 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 you know what I mean? And and I know people are trying to replace that uh, energy with playlists, but there's something about a great, complete album. And we still see it in hip-hop today, Jay, like you brought up J. Cole. His fans love his albums. Kendrick they Lamar fans, they love their <coughs> albums. They're going in to do albums. They're going in to do albums. I remember when Khaled... Uh, was was uh, sh shooting a, a, an Instagram shot of uh, an album like yo go get that prime album and one guy commented said who is that uh, is that Pusha T and Diddy you know because of the way I <laughs> oh the covers are. yeah <laughs> and, and, and it makes you and, and yeah you know but you got and then that of course that makes you click and see who they are twenty four followers you know and right. then, <laughs> The, and and the crazy thing is usually the ones even the haters they're usually private and, and it's like why yo is that interesting I mean, yeah, what a high private? percentage it is or though they don't even have a face in their AVI yeah the they're just they're doing on the troll the troll yeah. Yeah. but it is interesting I don't even block them let, let them I just let them go I used to be like what? oh yeah <laughs> and, and do my my educated uh, holler back and then throw a dart you know but let them go you know unless it's something that's really dangerous I'm not blocking anybody it's cute. Look, Prime 2, not P-Rhyme. Yeah. No, say it to them and play yourself. Uh, and don't spell Primo with an I. No, never spell, never spell Primo with an I. Also, <laughs> did you see why? Did you see me do a tweet <laughs> after that saying for all of y'all uh, that spelled my name and I said the guru spelled it this way? That's the reason why I spelled it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. The guru used to write me notes or, or hey, hey, Primo. Hold on, by the way, Primo left a part out of it, though, about what made the story so sad. I tweeted his name wrong in the first place, 
because I was just drunk at a fight at the garden and the DJ kept playing premiere so i'm just kind of twisted i'm like yo this dj keeps playing primo next thing i see tomorrow is primo being like hey rosenberg you spelled my name wrong <laughs> and i was like oh I fuck said, me I, I said, and you're supposed to be down with it and you're supposed to be we supposed to be brothers yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what was supposed to be down with hip hop. what I know. I was like, oh, if he wasn't an underground dude that knows the, like the underground stuff. Yeah, but he still lives in a space. I would, it wouldn't have bothered me at all. Uh, no, I know. No, but I he lives that. in a constant space where he's second guess because he's white. So if Primo says yeah, yeah, you're supposed you to be down with hip hop, he's like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, oh, I never God. know. If I, and, and you replied, and I said, that's still no excuse. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I was so was sad. Yo, were you at least smiling too? when you did it? No. <laughs> he wasn't smiling. He was dead serious. I was dead serious. And also, you never know what you're getting from Primo over text because he's a green texter. So you never, you never, you, you can't feel. It's a different kind of energy. He's slow on the reply. Blame that on Guru. God bless him. Guru used to always be like, yo. I love when you step to people, you know, and I was like, All right, cool, I'll step to them. If it bothers you about something and you want me to step to that person, I'll do it. Well, listen, I'm the first he person who complains people. about people who love me and who I love doing me wrong in we any call way. You Paul? Yeah, like I, I complain about this all the time. Yeah, that so. was a big mix up for a long time. So, it was. People think yeah. you Paul's little brother. What? Yeah. No, no, no. They think I'm Paul. They think you Paul. Oh, they think you Paul. That's it. I'm Paul. I am him. Paul Rosenberg. Oh, like it only could be one Rosenberg. Yo, message. Yo, Rosenberg. Um, I'm trying to get M and them for blah blah blah. I'm like, oh, yeah. do you understand how? You little- book one of those. I know. Drag, I got <laughs> you. One of those to see what happens. I'll call you. I'm like, yo, I can get you Royce to five nine. How much extra money you got? Yeah, By the way, catch get you and you and Paul mixed up. Ca- catch uh, Royce uh, doing a bunch of these M and M festival dates uh, this summer, um, and then you guys are gonna go out on the road at some point soon too, yeah, right? We're, we're, you know, late on in the summer, we're working on a tour. When can we get the Run the Jewels Prime tour together? Ooh, like, that would be crazy. Like that's a that's a no brainer. Like LP, man. man. Why don't What's you book up? it, Rosenberg? Yeah, I, I, I'll try. I would love to do that for Peter Palooza this Come on, year. Book it, Paul. I mean, Peter. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, call Paul. Rose. All right, prim. <laughs> Primo. Hey, no, Prime Two, pick up the album, man. Love you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Love y'all too, man. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Sure. Peace.